guess we're going. I guess we're on. Alright. You wanted to know about my story of how I started playing. I did because I haven't heard this story. Few have. I started playing music. Actually, I think I got into music to begin with. Um, I would have seen like a cool emo boy or something like that on the bus when I was like 10. I want to be him. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> he would have like a sick fringe and he would have some like earbuds in. And mm. I, I just saw the earbuds and I was like, I like the look. So Are we talking like scene, scene kid? Definitely like proto scene kid. Like... Um, uh, what was that? Invader Zim. He would have like an Invader Zim t-shirt on or something like that. Mm. And like mm. some real ripped up, super skinny jeans. And um, I think I can't remember who I nagged, but I, I nagged mum or dad for an MP3 player when I, um, after I saw that for like a Christmas present or something. And whoever got it for me got, it was just like this terrible little like $50 MP3 player, but it was sick. And I had the, I had the earbuds that that's what, that's what I really needed. But I was like, damn, I don't have any music to put on this. Like, mm. what do you listen to? <laughs> I'm not into music yet. And so I gave it to my older brother, Ro, because I was like, Ro, you know music. And I was like, hey, can you put some stuff on this for me? And he puts a bunch of stuff on there and there was like, no doubt there was like, you know, Tool and Raging Against the Machine and everything. Yeah. But the one that really got me was um, he put Metallica, the Black Album on there. But while it was uploading to the MP3 player, the files got corrupted just after Enter Sandman, the first track. So I just remember like my little 10-year-old brain exploding because I heard Enter Sandman. And then the first like minute of the next song, Sad But True, was on there. But right when the vocals started in that song is where the file got corrupted. And so I never got to hear what the rest of the song was. Right. And for like three months, I just sat there just like toiling, like listening to Sad But True over and over again, like wondering what comes next. And then just nagging and nagging until I finally got the black album and I got to hear what the rest of it was like. And then like whole world exploded. That's when I like stopped caring about playing cricket because I was playing cricket like real hard at the time. I yeah, stopped right. caring, stopped caring about that. And I was like, damn, this is a way. That's and, hectic. And then I stole some chopsticks from a Chinese restaurant we were eating at. And then I started <laughs> like playing the drums on the desk along to mm. just songs off that album and then like studying into Rage Against the Machine and stuff. And then eventually, yeah, got a drum kit. And that progressed into getting a bass for the first time when I moved back down to Canberra when I was 13. And then shortly after that, a guitar. And I realized I was way better at guitar than I was at drums. So I stuck to it. That's crazy. That's that how, yeah. I, I reckon if that file hadn't been corrupted, like – had I known what the rest of the song went like, I don't think I would have been so invested in it because I spent like three, mm. because I spent like three months like wanting to know what the rest of that song was. That's what made it so important to me. So when I finally got to hear it, I was like, this is the way. It's what's going to happen. Wow. That's so, that's really cool. I feel like the music that you listen to when you're like just first figuring out what that there's music other than your parents' collection mm -hmm. um, is, it is. I guess, yeah, super really formative because I remember similar kind of story. I had, <laughs> I I think like we had something at school where um, there, it was like bring in, bring in your favorite. At that time it was um, albums, mm. but like CDs. And I remember everyone was going around with um, So Fresh Hits and all this stuff. And I was like, mom, can you get me a CD? And like the first... <laughs> The first thing she got me was um, an ABBA, like an ABBA CD. Dope. A, a gold, I think, I don't know, I don't know which one. It was a gold, um, a gold, I don't know. I think know. I know the one. It's, yeah. it's called like ABBA Pure Gold. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she got me that. And um, and so I came to school and like had my ABBA, <laughs> ABBA CD and it was like all I'd listen to. Um, and then there was like a couple other, like a couple other things that I'd listen to. And then it wasn't until... 
Um, cause I, I, I watched Disney channel mm. at the, and I was like a huge Disney channel fan and I got it listening to the Jonas brothers and I was like crazy about them. And I, I think I just like wanted to be them. I was like, I want to be Nick Jonas and, um, <laughs> and also like school of rock. I loved school mm. of rock. I just was like, I loved, um, all the music and, and so, yeah, then I just started playing guitar. Mum and dad got me a, um, like a little... Yamaha, um, like a Pacifica, or was yeah, it, or was it yeah, a, it was a acoustic, or no, it was a little Yamaha, <laughs> Yamaha Pacifica, little electric blue one, and um, yeah, and I just like started playing around with it, but I was rubbish. Like I, I'd played violin, and then I just, um, but yeah, it was just always a fun thing, and um, yeah, I look back on that guitar with fond, fond <laughs> memories. Do you still have it? No, I actually gave it to a friend. Um, well, I lent it to a friend and then he took it to Melbourne. Standard. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if he still has it. Damn. But yeah, it was good. And then, and then, so like I played, I played guitar, I guess I played my electric guitar in year seven, eight, nine, ten. And then when I started college, um, I kind of was like, I don't know. I just didn't have, I guess I didn't have, I listened to like, the Strokes and a bunch of bands, but I, I guess I didn't have, um, um, I didn't really, f I wasn't writing that style of music. So I started kind of playing like folk stuff and I got a, an acoustic, acoustic guitar, which was fun. And I played with some um, friends who are now actually in other bands like down in Melbourne. Mm. And then I kind of like put it away in uni because um, I just was like, well, I don't know, I guess I can't really do anything with this. It was a bit of a... A barrier. I, I didn't even really know what to do, and then, and then I met Joe and just picked it up again, and yeah, right here we are. That's <laughs> yeah. My first guitar was, uh, my first bass was. Um, I bought it from DW, where I now manage, co-manage. Sorry, Brendan. Um, he won't even like that. Where I work under Brendan. Um, <laughs> Set the record straight. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I got a little blue Monterey precision bass copy that was my first bass then shortly after that i got a little like ltd ec10 which is like a let's pole copy like a little black thing but the one that really did it for me i got this um it's called a jackson kelly and it's like this big like obnoxious explorer shape and i got it because it looked just like james hetfield's from metallica and there's like if you dig through the archives there's a million cringy photos of me like standing like you know legs like super far apart like guitar super low down looking metal as hell taking photos you know with my laptop web camera <laughs> <laughs> oh my web god <laughs> what a throwback i have not yeah. seen those um yeah, you won't <laughs> those laptop web webcams yeah. you know they had like all those effects yeah. that you could scroll through oh, yeah, 100%. everyone's facebook dp yeah. with like yeah at, the, at like the terrible beach green screen and stuff mm. yeah mm. Now it's the same, but like we're in Microsoft Teams uh, work. It's like everyone's yeah. like, we've got all these Zoom meetings and stuff and everyone's like. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, I live in this mansion. The more things change, the more they stay the same and all of that. Damn yeah. straight. Likewise with me playing pointy guitars and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, actually yeah. that reminded me of that guitar that was in that photo you sent from um, from Sydney. Oh, yeah. Like, the, yeah, the, it was like a, it was like a guitar gun. It was like. Yeah, it was like, a, it was like an AK, but with strings on it. Basically. That was wild. Have yeah. you, you would have seen some wild guitars come through. DW. I have. Um, the coolest one I ever saw come through the store. This is like more cult classic than like awesome, like crazy, stupid shape or anything. There's a uh, guitar company called Travis Bean Guitars and they were the progenitors of the aluminium necked guitars. 
started mm. in the early 70s in the States. And he only produced them for a few years, to my understanding, and um, then stopped doing it and he's passed away since. So there's only like a few thousand Travis Beans in the world, but they're like these big, heavy machines with like a pure aluminium neck. Yeah, up there on the screen. Yeah. So like back then they had like wooden bodies, but as you can see on the back there, like it's full aluminium neck bolted into the body. And we had, I went to, I went to the chemist one day at work. I was buying like some Panadol or something. And like, I've loved these things forever. And in the five minutes that I'd gone to the chemist, a guy had walked into the store with one of these being like, hey, what do you know about this? And I get back from the chemist and like, had I been gone another five minutes, like none of the other boys knew what it was. Like there's no branding on it. You can't tell what it is. Right. None of the other boys knew what it was. And I walk in there and I'm like, what the hell? I've been gone for five minutes and a Travis Bean has appeared in the store. And so I like, Sat there and nerded out, and um, wow, it was amazing. It was like weighed like six kilos, but and the strings on it were like about as old as it was. Like the, it definitely hadn't been restrung since like the seventies. But that's wild. But because the aluminium neck on the guitar, like these thirty plus year old strings, forty plus year old strings, sounded like brighter than any guitar in the shop. Yeah, so no wild. doubt. Yeah, that's nuts. So that's the coolest guitar I've ever seen in my books. That's um, so cool. But I've seen some pointy, crazy shaped ones as mm, well, and mm. lots of ones with like terrible home paint jobs and stuff like that. Like. I did a, a um a um like a a pick guard. I, mm. I found this guitar. Well, I didn't find it. I got it from um the green shed. Yeah, yeah. And um I like tried to do a I don't know. I saw this guy on Instagram and he was making this really beautiful um pick guard that he would then bolt into the guitars and they just looked stunning. And I was like, I want to try that. <laughs> Obviously, mine was a way sloppier version. Um, but that was a really fun project and I guess I like, got a bit more of an understanding of like how, like what the different parts are yeah, in a guitar, yeah. you know? Totally. And then I gave, gave that as, gave that to a friend as well. <laughs> I was like, I can't look at this anymore. You need to stop giving things away. Yeah. Nothing like dismantling something to figure out how it works mm, though. Yeah. I, um, I won't give too many details away cause like I'd probably be indicted or something like that, but I've seen like some pretty bad, like snakeskin paint jobs and stuff come through the shop. Yeah. Like, right. You know, like a guitar that once would have been like a beautiful, you know, even just like a basic color or something, but you know, taking that and then like, you know, using a chisel to like turn it into snakeskin or something like that mm. and made it all green or trying to do custom graphics. And it's like, look, if you're into it, that's <laughs> sick, but this is a monstrosity. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, but everyone's off the hook, you know, have fun with you. I'm hardly, hardly not guilty of tampering with guitars beyond recognition. I, uh, yeah, I feel that. When I was like 18, I had this seven string um, and I like got it in my head. It was like this, like this kind of ugly red. And I got it in my head that I wanted to refinish it seafoam green. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it can't be too difficult. So I like pulled the neck off it and pulled all the electronics in the bridge and everything out. And I like just bought a belt sander and just started going to town on it. Oh and then like, it was like a contoured body. <laughs> it wasn't a flat body. It, it had contours to it. And sure enough, like I busted those contours pretty quick. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it was just this like lump of wood that like once resembled a guitar and it still had some paint left on it in like the, the nooks and crannies where I couldn't get the belt sander to. And I was like, ah, so just put it back in the case and <laughs> forgot you, about it. Your handiwork. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. I, when I was, I used to play violin in an orchestra when I was little and I remember like I, and this was a nice violin. Like I still feel guilty about this because uh, there was like this little scratch on it. And then I just kind of like, I don't know, as I was like sitting part, I was, you know, listening to the conductor and there was other people practicing their parts. I like made, I like just like, made these little marks like these little like I just thought it'd be more badass <laughs> and I was just like and like come home and mom and dad like what have you done to your violin 
Oh. Yeah, I never lived that down. <laughs> it was like, and I was like, oh, it was just like this. And they were like, you're an idiot. <laughs> you mutilated this violin we bought you. Absolutely. It had to be done. I was going through a phase. Yeah, exactly. It's cool. It's like ripped jeans. My, um, Never got a style. My ESP while I was in the studio the other week, um, the seat that I was sitting on, like the armrest had been taken off. So there was like the little metal things that they get screwed into. And one of them was like kind of poking up, like on the right side where my guitar was sitting. And like the whole time I was tracking, I didn't really notice, but I was effectively just like, it's like shaping it on the corner of this. Ooh. So like the whole bottom side of my black guitar is just like bare now. <laughs> There's like nothing left. And like looked at the I looked up looked at the floor after the end of a week, and it was just like all these like black paint shards just everywhere from where I've just been like sanding this gap. Jeez, yeah, gotta so. fix that up. No, nah, no, nah, it looks cool now. Yeah. See, I haven't grown out of it. I'm still in my grungy guitar phase. <sighs> so on the violin, are we going to be hearing some violin in any upcoming Sputnik songs? We are now. Oh no, I um, that was never my forte. The violin is like kudos to all violin violinist because it is an incredibly hard instrument and I just could not like even just to get it to sound slightly good right because there's no frets it's a string instrument there's no frets so you can be doing everything right and your fingers are just like the tiniest bit off yeah um so it wasn't for me (laughs) it wasn't for me I can't I can't imagine but I do love orchestral music still yeah absolutely. Um, how can you not yeah exactly right but I yeah those days are behind me unfortunately a friend of mine who's a really accomplished violinist, she was, uh, I don't remember like how it led to this part in the conversation, but she was like just obliterating anyone who chooses to play like a fretless bass, for example. She's like, she's like amazing violin player, like mind blowing, makes any other like stringed instrument player, like, you know, guitar players and stuff like, okay, no, that's a legitimate musician. We're guitar players. Like, <laughs> that's how it feels. And then she's like, just why would you, when you have a bass that can have frets, why would you play a fretless one? It's like you have the opportunity to have so much liberty. I feel that. <laughs> I'm someone who struggled through a fretless instrument for 10 years. Yeah. I totally feel that. And then I played the guitar and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's just in tune. Yeah, exactly. It just makes sense. I got I got 24 options, 22 even. Yeah. It was like, yeah. can't go wrong. It's <laughs> yeah. If you make a mistake at that point, it's on you. You can't even blame the instrument. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's still my excuse. Like, you know, when I forget what, you know, bar chord we're playing or something in a chorus, it's, it's the guitar's fault, not mine. Yeah, never your fault. Yeah, no, I, fault. I totally feel that. I'm, I'm actually terrible with even just, like, I used to, when I first started writing songs, I used to um, write out all the chords per, like, when, when back when I was in high school, I didn't have an iPhone, so I was like, I need to write my lyrics and I need to put, like, my chords above my lyrics and, like, I have all these books of, you know, little songs that I was writing. And then now I just use voice memos and it's just like my camera roll. It's just like scroll yeah. through yeah. all these voice memos and I kind of wish I was still doing the the scrapbooking approach. Yeah, you know? totally. Do you have a naming convention for your uh, voice memos or is it just a jumble like mine is? Mm. Cause like, it's a bit of a jumble, yeah. My ones get geotagged, so it's like wherever I do the right? voice memo. Yeah. So, like I do heaps of them at work and Maps always thinks that I'm at Officeworks. So I have like 30 voice memos from Officeworks mm. apparently. And then everything else is just like random streets that I was on. And it's just like, what? So, yeah. you know, when we were in Mel- when we were in um, Red Sun the other day mm. and we went down and had melted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like recording some, um, I was recording some of the songs that we were playing on my phone. Mm. And then like all the, all the recordings are just, um, I think it's like, it was just Fishwick. I think it was like all the recordings are Fishwick. And then one recording for one of the songs we played was melted, like, 
Toasted Sandwich Emporium. And I was like, what? Damn. <laughs> of all the songs, it was just like this one song. Um, shout was, out to Melted for, yeah. for getting their own geotag. Big props. They get a bigger shout out when they bring in some vegan cheese options there. Yeah. I'll be there every single day. True. I'm going to get so fat off some vegan mm. cheesy toasties. That soup was, let's get there. Mm, that soup was that tight. Soup. That was a good veggie soup. Tasted like mum's. I it leached t- off your. Yeah, yeah. Leached off your soup. Yeah, everybody got to eat. Everybody's got to eat. So yeah. it was rolling. Did that start from a voice memo? Um, I think. Um, I don't know if it did. I feel like I'm thinking back a while though now because I think Joe came up with uh, the. He came up with the riff. He came up with literally like um. Dun dun. Oh no! What did he come up with? Like the lead line. Or yeah, the maybe it was the lead line. Do 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 something like yeah, that. Yeah. And um, he'd done a little thing on GarageBand or something, and um, but he didn't have the chords underneath it. And so then I put the chords underneath it, and um, and yeah, we just like worked on it a bit. And it, it's actually we've been playing that song in sets for a while now. And it wasn't until we got in the studio, um, Grove Studios back up in uh, Central Coast, and um, and then again uh, in in Sydney, um, that we kind of like settled on kind of what it is now but um yeah that that song i guess the melody and everything kind of came together but the the lyrics probably came together first because that was um we kind of took inspiration one of one of my favorite bands um wolf alice um the lead singer she writes a lot of uh, songs that she just like she'll write from a perspective of like a character or someone that you know about a film or a book or or just kind of take um uh you know use a metaphor to kind of like explain something in her songs and um we ended up doing that with rolling so the lyrics are from like first person but um we kind of drew inspiration from um the novel and and film breath which is i don't know if anyone's seen that film or read the book i've seen Um, it you've seen it i've seen the book You've seen the book? I've seen And I've read the movie. <laughs> what did you think? I like the movie. Mm. The um the blonde kid reminds me a lot of my older brother Andrew. Right. Like Looney. Two He's a troubled. T. Yeah, two a T. Like, really? Just a, he he will he you know, someone says jump, he'll say how high and then he'll jump off a bridge just to prove to him that he'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that kid Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that I really like that film, but it was um yeah, it's pretty some like um full on themes and stuff and um really liked the the just the general like cinematography of the film as well and like how it was kind of set in um the 70s mm. in WA if you haven't seen it um and yeah we wanted to i guess like we use some of that um imagery in our lyrics of yeah. sort of like outback land and yeah i think it might have even been filmed on a film camera like, hence giving it that yeah, aesthetic. Right. It may have been. I could be completely mistaken and talking we'll to complete smack right no, now. No, but that would be interesting because yeah. it, it definitely has that aesthetic. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. Hey, that's us. That's us. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. I guess this has like a 35 millimeter quality to it. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I <hope so. laughs> no, I, I, um, yeah, I, this song, and like, actually, there's one point. There's one point in the movie where, um, and in the book, 
Um, the, the movie actually follows the novel like quite closely. Mm. Uh, where there's this, uh, without giving any spoilers away, there's like this accident that happens and it's quite confronting for the main character. And then it kind of like takes a bit of a turn and he starts changing, relationships start changing and he kind of starts, I guess, feeling a bit more vulnerable and, and um, the narrative kind of changes. Yeah. And that's sort of like what happens in the song um, which like, I don't even know if that was necessarily on purpose, but Joe like made the parallel um, yeah, yeah. a couple of months ago um, where we kind of like, it gets that darker, like heavier kind of, yeah, yeah, that's the film. It's a great one. I hope it was filmed on 35 mil. Otherwise I sound like a fool. <laughs> <laughs> right, imagine, imagine if you called that. Yeah. But yeah, it's a good film. The, uh, yeah, the blonde kid on the right, on the left mm, now. Yeah. Mm. He's absolutely my brother. <laughs> Yeah, Actually, if anything, they're both of my brothers. <laughs> they're like the, the the main character, the brunette kid. Like he's, you know, just like a little bit more sensible. Mm, only <laughs> marginally. My brothers watch this. They're going to have a fight over it. <laughs> I'm more sensible than you. Nice. Surfing <laughs> looks so cool. Yeah, I cannot do it. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I can't even stand on a skateboard properly. Like, I tried to. I uh, We've got family in WA and I, like, last Christmas we went over there. And my uncle's a real surfer. He loves it. Mm. And he's like, I'm going to take you guys to the beach. Like, I'm going to bring the surf boys. You're going to have a great time. And I've surfed, like, a little bit before at this surf camp. But by, like, surf, that's, like, very loosely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the instructor, like, on my stand-up. And um, and anyway, I was just like, yeah, I'll, give, I, I'll be fine. It's going to be great. And literally, like, the first wave, I it was a super windy day. And um, I tried to stand up and, like, went kind of forward over the board and then the board came like flew up so high and just unsuspecting I was just floundering in the water it came down like a dart right on the top of my head and I was like it was like smack it was I think I almost got knocked out I was and anyways all these people on the beach just like looked over and I was bleeding on my head and we'd been at the beach for like five minutes. I was oh. that person that the whole family was like, great, we've got one kind of, we're going to have to leave. Like, what, what are we going to do? And I was like, <laughs> it's classic. I, I've never even attempted to stand on a surfboard before, though I imagine it would go how all of my <laughs> other board adventures go, like um, snowboarding, for example. Like, I, I so badly wish I was good at snowboarding, but I'm just not. And it's like, I was at Threadbow, I think, with my, with my brothers. It was my, one of my brother's birthdays and we all went up to Threadbow. And I was like, at like just a track bit, like, you know, not, not like a course or anything like that. Just like a, you know, a transition. Like, okay, you finish this run, get on this track, go down to the, li- go down to the lifts. Like, you know, it's effectively a walking trail that everyone else like allegedly skis and snowboards down. And I'm sitting there, I like, I like ax myself like five times just on this trail. It's just like, just falling over and just having the worst time. It's so hard. It's one of those, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where it's not fun until you're like at least somewhat competent exactly. at it. And it's really hard to get to that. Level. And it was like after two days of practice as well, but I still couldn't get it. And I like I'm felt, right there with you. Yeah. I felt like fell over and this skier goes past me, like gives me some lip. He was just like, do I fall over on the trail? And I was like, shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> they were waving my fist at him. Like I'm trying my best. It's so hard though. Yeah. And all my skateboarding attempts have been like that as well. That's why I play guitar. That doesn't involve my I'm feet. so good at it. <laughs> all over it. So we're not going to see a surfing video for rolling. Starring uh, you guys? Not no. starring us, no. <laughs> no. We've, um, we are, we have, we are doing a music video for it. Um, there's been some little snippets, mm. snippets around. Um, which when, really, when's it, when can we expect it? Um, 
it's it's TBC. I mean, we were going to put it out. Um, yeah, this is a little preview. Mm. Uh, we were going to put it out soon, but we're thinking maybe. We've got two tracks. Yeah, we've got two tracks. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realise it was extra layers this song. These <laughs> headphones are great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little taste. Um, really excited to put it out. I don't know when we're putting it out. Could be soon. Could mm. be later. Um, but yeah, well, it's it's um, it's cool. It was sort of an idea that we storyboarded um, earlier in the year and we had plans to do it and then those plans fell through and then we found, um, we found a great team to work with. Um, shot up in Noosa um, and Brisbane and yeah, really excited to put this one out. Mm. I don't know, kind of like, I think I really love, um, when I love a song, I personally really love, if there's a music video, like I love, yeah. I love when songs that I, re that um, are some of my favorite songs also have music video. It's like another extension of the song. It gives new meaning to lyrics sometimes yeah. and um, some of my favorite so some of my favorite songs, I probably saw the music video in the yeah. first instance. And yeah. then I, from that music video, I was like, oh, wow, this yeah. is great. Absolutely. Yeah. What, what was the first music video that you ever like resonated with? Like, um, or that you can remember seeing and being like, damn, that's cool. I reckon it would actually probably be um, Last Night by The Strokes. Oh, yeah. So there's this video where um, I'm pretty sure it's Last Night. Um, but anyway, they're in this like uh, white um, tank essentially, mm. and as they're singing, there's this black liquid. Yeah, it's like filling it up. It's I think filling that is it last up. Night. I think that is last night. I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's last night. And yeah. um, you know, they're just like singing and playing, yeah. and they just like don't they they're not even acknowledging that they're getting drowned by this yeah black evil black water, and um, yeah, I just loved that. I I remember watching that. Uh, loads of times and just like trying to see something different every time I watched it, even yeah. though it's like, you know, one camp, like one take essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's probably the first one that really resonated with me. What about you? Um, the first ones I ever saw were like all like, you know, Metallica video clips and stuff like that. Of course, there's only so many times I can bring up Metallica in one sit down. <laughs> um, I think the first ones that ever like really resonated with me as far as like getting my attention with like live music videos. Just because, like, you know, yeah, we're seeing, like, you know, even if it's the... Oh, yeah. It's actually this one, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's the only yeah. other one. Oh, you only yeah, live one. Yeah, 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 of course. Yes. And Suicide Silence, the old deathcore band, um, put out a song called You Only Live Once, and it was, like, effectively the same music video. Like, they're in, like, the same space and everything. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, like, a complete homage to this track. This track is so good. Um yeah, And that music video is just... It's something else. Yeah. I love it. I, don't, I, I loved it when I was younger and I love it now. Yeah. I'm wearing white pants right now. It's giving me an anxiety attack. Just looking at this. Um, yeah. And all their instruments and like his cool leather jacket. And yeah, I was like, yeah. what are you doing? Um, outside of like live music videos, I think the first, like it took a really long time for me to like view music videos as an art form. Mm. But um, there's a band from Poland called Behemoth and they um, put out like a huge series of music videos, almost a music video for every song bar a couple of an album called The Satanist that they put out. And they all follow the same like thematic 
the thematic theme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, it's like everything's in slow motion, everything's in black and white, and like the imagery of it, it's like you could watch it 30 times and never truly understand what's going on. Yeah. Like yeah, all, right. All, all of this. It's, um, Sick. This is the only one that involves like a cityscape. But um, chess. Yeah, and some chess. I've been watching The Queen's Gambit oh, on Netflix. damn. Yeah. Do I have a thing or two to say about The you, Queen's Gambit? I haven't finished it yet, so I don't say too much. <laughs> yeah, wait. Um, don't get me started. If you go... Um, do that one there, blow your trumpets, Gabriel. That one, um, that one has some like pretty extreme. Like the whole the whole thing is uh, actually yeah that that little logo there. Yeah. So oh. That, yeah. That's that's oh. that. That's that. There you go. <laughs> um, all of this is just like so well shot, and all of it is just you know it's all about sacrifice um, for what you what you believe in, or like trying to run away from something that you. Um, you know something that you can't accept it's it's very extreme like it's definitely too heavy for just general listening or general viewing or anything like that but this is the first time I ever saw music videos as like an art form yeah right uh, I really like the idea like when an artist puts out um, a video or they, when they put out a, a body of work and then they kind of follow that aesthetic through um, Kirkland does a great job of that yeah he does he really nails that and big props to Dan, like all of the videos for Love Divide EP have been unreal, and that's um, yeah, yeah, that's that's an example of, of best video that. clip in the whole world. Uh, wires by Red, but yeah, best one in the whole world. Wires by Red Fang. Yeah, search Wires Red Fang. That's a um, that is the most fun you can have in a music video. It's, yeah, it's like the music video is effectively like what they did. They just the, like the whole pretense of it, like without watching the whole thing is, you know, they're given a $5,000 a music video budget by the record label and they use that five mm. grand. I think I showed you. Yeah, they, is they, this the one where... Yeah, they buy like yeah, the bombed yeah, up yeah. old car and, and everything. And then they... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just this start running one. stuff over. Yeah. It's so much fun. Yeah, people fun. should watch this. It's actually... This is really funny. The whole aesthetic of the band is they just drink heaps of beer and just... <laughs> drink heaps yeah. of beer and just play heaps of riffs. <laughs> Um, this is actually this, yeah. this is just all we do. This is fun. I love like the little subtext. Um, yeah, yeah. How much underneath. they spend on yeah, everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remaining budget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny. If like skip along to like sort of thereish, I reckon is when they. Uh, this is where everything comes to fruition, and they've uh, <laughs> they've built their bomb and bombed out car, and they just start running stuff. Yeah, over. we shouldn't give it away. People should watch it and yeah, experience it. Yeah, that is a good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People should watch it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it's just funny. It actually really reminds me of Mythbusters. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's his full Mythbusters vibe. Yeah. Anyway, so that's what we're doing for our next music video. I just decided it right now. Yeah. I mean, executive, Blowing the budget. Yeah. Executive blow, blowing the budget. We'll, we'll get an ACT Arts grant and just blow it on running stuff over. Start, a, start an application. Yeah. This is the application. <laughs> yeah, we'll get endorsed by Summonats or something. Um, <laughs> but you mentioned before about live videos that you really liked. Mm. Um. Because we did live video. Yes. In Sydney. Yes. At 301. Um, which is not out yet, but um, there might be a little... Oh, there's oh. Mal, the beautiful man. Yeah, he's a handsome boy. The little sneak peek. Um, but yeah, that was loads of fun. What did you What did you think of what, like going to 301? That was wild. It was space. just like all the... All the Red Bull you could drink and <laughs> Look at you, look at us. Yeah, damn we got hips flying. It is a world premiere. <laughs> yeah. Outside of like, you know, mum's already seen it pretty much, but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my mum's seen it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that will be out probably I don't know, soon. Yeah. Soon as well. But um I really love work, like going through one. 
The space yeah. was unreal. Yeah, it was crazy. It was um, so big. Everyone there was so happy to help and passionate about, yeah. obviously, um, their job, as you would be. And that big grand piano in the foyer that's mm. like, oh, yeah, Kanye recorded on this. Yeah, what did they say? He he wrote some, I don't I don't know. I don't know I don't, enough about Kanye to neither. even make it's, this call. It's but just some song that starts with him just like mashing the same key over and like, meep, meep, meep. Runaway, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, apparently he was like doodling that at. I mean, apparently it's hearsay. Yeah, Don't quote me on it. that. Rumor yeah. has it. But yeah, it's like in the foyer of three. I was like, yeah, Kanye recorded on this. I was like, mm, did he now? <laughs> like sat down and I was like, Kanye doesn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, that was a great experience. Yeah, it was um, cool. Yeah, and we, we had Claire and um, Harry in, who I believe shot that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Harry Harry shot it. He did an incredible job. And Claire um, took some photos and a lot of the photos like on our Instagram and stuff. And then yeah. I think she's working on a little behind the scenes. Little, mm. I don't know if I'm dropping too many things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, she's working on that. So it's I'm actually keen to see that. Yeah, me too. I like the behind the scenes. Actually, yeah, as a growing up musician, I think behind the scenes and like band mm. docos and stuff like that, that's what like really got me. Yeah. I thought that looked like the most fun. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wolf Alice have this um, video um, for their song Heavenward. Mm. Heavenward. Ward, Ward. Yeah. I don't know why I'm saying that word. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's like essentially it's just like the perfect song, this perfect opener song. And um and the whole video is just snippets of them on tour and snippets of them on stage yeah. and like on their big tour because they have a UK band so they go all around Europe and stuff and I just watched that video and I just it is. It's a music video, but it's like a behind the scenes of all the different shows and touring life and stuff. And yeah, I remember the first time I saw that, I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, I want to be this. Yeah, hundred percent. Just looks like fun. Huh? Yeah, it looks like yeah. It yeah. is fun. So yeah, I think I had the same thing. Like watching like uh, again like Metallica videos and stuff growing up, or like when they played in Russia to like six hundred thousand people mm. at the Monsters of Rock in ninety two. I think insane. Yeah, and just like the behind the scenes of that and stuff. Well, it's just mm. like wow. I want to play 600,000 people, but you know, then you get a little older and you realize that you're very happy to play to 40 people, but yeah, 40 people in a dive bar, just as good. Just as good. Yeah, Yeah, totally. (laughs) You take what you're given. Not, not everyone gets to play to 600,000 angry Russian people. (laughs) That, that clip's wild. There's like, I gotta say it. There's like helicopters patrolling the area and like the military, like beating down on the crowd and stuff. It's real, real crazy footage. That sounds intense. Yeah. That's, um, Pretty much what it looks like at every Spartan show, really, just helicopters. Yeah, and, it's just yeah. wild. Yeah, yeah. Throwing, throwing hands. Yeah. Oh, one time, Joe, we were playing. There was like we we're playing in Phoenix, which is now no longer, no longer with us. Mm. Um, Phoenix, the, Arizona. <laughs> yeah, on our on our USA yeah, tour, on the uh, debut. way back. Um, yeah, no, we we're playing in Phoenix, and um, there was someone I think had like come in off the street, was like causing a bit of a ruckus. Mm. And um, Joe's the most non-confrontational and, like, yeah, sweet, sweetest human. Yeah. And we were, like, literally in the middle of a song. And he just, I think he said he was, like, like I think he was, like, the person had come in and was maybe, like, physically, like, pushing people at the front. And that and there was some, you know, people that were just, like, really, um, I don't know, not having a good time. And Joe just, like, yelled at this guy and was, like, get out of here, like, you like you can't treat people like that or something <laughs> on stage, and I was like, "Go, Jay!" I was like, "Hell yeah!" Yeah, it was cool. But you never see. I don't know. I just, um, yeah. It's like important to look after your friends at shows. Yeah, totally. Because that stuff's not fun if you're no getting beaten on. Not at all. I um 
it wouldn't be Phoenix without that. I think it's like I remember like two or three different shows where it's like similar things happen when I played at Phoenix. I remember one time in uh, my old band Mule, we played and like just after we played, I like went outside. I think it was it was like winter. It was pretty cold. They put my hood on. Just went like stood outside to get some air, and it was like two dudes just yelling at each other like right in the middle of the interchange there, um, mm. like out the front of Phoenix. As these two dudes, they both kind of look like skeletons. Like it was pretty pretty strange and like surreal looking. And all I see is like one guy like hobbling away and the other guy's just yelling at him, you killed him, Denny, you killed him. Oh, and I was like, what have I walked into? And I was oh, like, God. Denny, what have you done? What have you done? <laughs> Apparently Denny killed him though. And I was oh, like, I God. went inside. I was like, man, I'm like. I'm a witness. Yeah, I like went and told the guys. But I was like, I'm upset about this. I was like, I don't know what Denny's done, but he. He's done he, something. He, he was, wasn't in a good way. Hopefully Denny's not watching right now. <laughs> Sorry, Denny. You got to miss live music, Danny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> live music, nice. And you were speaking to Joe. Joe has been across the border, yep. split from the band. How's that it, been? Uh, it's been sad for Joe. He, he um, like, <laughs> what was it? Oh, no. Um, I was just thinking back to when I was, like, practicing an introduction. And I said, like, Joe's in Melbourne with coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. Everyone was like, no, he doesn't have coronavirus. <laughs> um, but, no, he's been, he's been in Melbourne since, uh, like, March. Or something. Yeah. Um. Or no, no, no. Nah, later no, no, no. Since um. Like July. Or August. I think August. Okay, not that long. This whole year's been. <laughs> he's been. He's been in Melbourne. Um. Yeah, for a little while, and um, it's been fine. Like we, he's come up. He came up recently, and we yeah. did some practice. Um, and then we've been doing a bit of sort of like remote, Zoom sessions, mm. just to kind of like. He he left before this song was recorded, I'm assuming. Or you were doing it while he was down there. Oh, no. So we, he was still in Canberra when we did the song. So yeah, he must have left. When did he must have left in August? It was July or August for sure. Yeah, I I don't know why I said March. I'm, yeah. No idea. (laughs) Major (laughs) error. Um, March is when everything went down. We probably just associate everything shutting down with when Joe went as well. Exactly. Yeah, true (laughs) indeed. That's when coronavirus started. But we, we were, yeah, so we recorded before he left um, and then it was literally like he moved down and then that week that it was locked down and he couldn't get back for at least, I think it might have been eight weeks or something. Yeah, minimum. Um, and so, yeah, we just, we stayed in contact, obviously. Yeah. And um, just like, we had a few practices, yeah. you and I and Mal. Yeah. Um, and then we had the Hands Like Houses live stream to play and we got our good friend Aaron to step in and play bass yeah. in place of Joe. We were like, we were rehearsing to do it without bass and like trying to find a way to still make it sound full. Yeah, it and, was not happening. But like a week out from it, we were like, nah, we got yeah. to get the low end held down. So yeah, shout out to Aaron. He, yeah, well, I was there at that, that show and I yeah. didn't know that he, that wasn't your bass player. <laughs> <laughs> he did an amazing yeah, job. Yeah, straight up. Honestly, he, and it was one of those things as well where you said it yourself, like something like a week out or something, like actually we need bass. And yeah. Aaron was like, I'll do it. And he yeah. just totally went ham and getting, you know, the right gear and just like borrowing yeah, yeah. this like yeah, he sick went all ampeg. Out. He, he went all out. Yeah. <laughs> and it, was, it was great because, um, and obviously, and we've been friends, I've been friends with Aaron for a while now. So it's Joe like a, a year and a half, mm. maybe even more. Um, and so playing with him was just easy. It was yeah. easy as he was, he slotted right in and um, 
yeah, do a great job. And that was a really fun gig as that, well. That was a fun gig. It was different. It was different. It yeah. was weird. We definitely played better on the night that it wasn't live streamed. Mm. <laughs> mm. It was pretty typical. There's two in a row. Like the first night was like a dress rehearsal still to a live audience. The second one was filmed. Yep. Yeah. First one, we definitely played better. Yeah, I totally but agree. <laughs> I totally agree. All, yeah. But yeah. that was, it was weird because you were playing to people online, but then you're also playing to people who were kind of sitting. Yeah, but like, it, like 10 metres away. Yeah, 10 metres away. Yeah. But um, but then yeah, you're kind of jumping around on stage, um, but everyone's sitting down, and I know yeah. that's that there was a while there, and it still kind of is now, where that's a bit of an industry kind of uh, intermediate stage, mm. where you're playing shows and you're going just as hard, and everyone's sitting down. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's a weird vibe. Yeah, it was still fun though. It was just fun to play. Yeah, yeah, it was it was totally loads of fun, and playing with. Hands was amazing. Yeah, and eyes, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it was that was. I liked that the uh, the beer fridge in the green room kept getting restocked as well. I mean, that's always lots of beers important. Went, lots of beers went missing that night. I don't know where they went. They didn't go in my gym bag. Nowhere, <laughs> or my guitar case, or anywhere else. <laughs> that was yeah. That was really fun. Yeah. I, I um, and it'd been a while. I actually realized as well. I remember. I think like a couple. I don't know, I, w- I want to say weeks, but I'm probably going to say days mm. before I was like, oh my gosh, we've got a gig to play and I haven't sung anything. Like we yeah. practiced, but I haven't like actually, you know, done any vocal warm-ups. Yeah. I struggled to do vocal warm-ups this time. So I was like, oh my gosh, I need to, I need to sort this out. Yeah. And you just realized during COVID um, that because you don't have that like regular flow of gigs and, um, you know, practice sessions as well, because Joe's away and stuff, it can kind of all just sit there unless you actively mm. are practicing and, and, you know, rehearsing and playing your instrument, even if it's just at home or yeah. with the band. So that was a hard thing with COVID as well. I noticed that with like my, cause I don't have to worry about singing like you do, but I like for my, for my movement and my stage presence and stuff, yeah. like this is like the longest time I'd been without playing a show since I was like a kid. And I was like trying to remember how to act on stage and stuff, particularly mm. without a crowd, like right in front of you to interact with. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it was kind of nerve-wracking. Yeah, 100%. And, um, and, yeah, also that being, like, you know, first gig in, like, you know, five or six months or something like that. And then also it's completely different to any other gig you've ever played as well. It's, like, you're adapting to it, like, as you do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was felt totally out of my comfort zone, but um, really glad we got to do it. Yeah. Cause so I the fact you're, you're rehearsing again, does that mean we're going to see some live shows soon? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We've got um, something um something to announce soon. Yeah. So yeah, we've, we've got stuff on the horizon. Um couple shows. Yeah. Actually, which would be good. Yeah. In a couple of different spots from memory. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know, I just rock up and play them. <laughs> I think you're allowed to have dance floors now too, so you don't have to be mm. seated. So yeah. I am so, so keen. I'm going to take my guitar off and just go down and dance. <laughs> yeah. yeah someone's got to do it i do love uh who was it um stella donnelly she always does these amazing dance moves when she's performing and um so do so do rave tapes mm. another band from newcastle um so yeah we gotta we gotta get we gotta get practicing yeah straight up i uh, my dance about as good as i snowboard so um 
Yeah, same. Yeah, so you're going to... Sounds about as good as I We're surf. both going to fall over. <laughs> Nettie and I have a good choreographed we dance do. move, actually. We do. We've yeah. got one. Yeah, in the in the solo and rolling, like when it like picks up the tempo. It just... I don't remember when it happened, but it started mm. doing it. We just like got the perfect like 80s hair metal side to side dance. Like it's just, it's just yeah, hips yeah. left and right. That's all we have to worry about. <laughs> yeah. It's the benefit of playing guitar is you don't have to worry about what your hands are doing. Yeah, it's, right? it's, it's pure leg movement. You can just Peter Garrett it. That's it. You're, you're good with the kicks. Yeah. Yeah, you got some kicks. Yeah, I got I got that I got that high reach with my legs. I just mm. got those those super long legs and I can lean back pretty far, so it makes mm. it look higher than it really is. You got that flexibility. Yeah, That's what up. it's about. Someone's gotta have it. <laughs> I was just born like this. I was born stretchy. <laughs> um, what was the first gig you ever saw, Nettie? Like, don't matter if it was good or bad, first one you ever saw. Oh gosh. Like uh, I guess like knowingly saw, not like, you know, yeah, I, I know I, I know I saw the wiggles when I was four, but I can't <laughs> remember that. Like it was the first one you went to. Um, I, I don't know why. So the one that I can really think of was at the street theater. Do you know, do yes. you know so that's um, just near a new campus. Mm-hmm. And I saw Lainey Lane, who is this um, rockabilly singer songwriter. Mm. Um, and she played a bunch of songs, which were, I went and saw it with my friend and I feel like that was one of the first ones that I actively bought tickets to. Um, I don't even know where I first heard her music, but she put on a great show and it was kind of, yeah, it was this blues grass, like rockabilly kind of, she had that one of those, it it was like she played this guitar, which kind of looked like your Gretsch and um, just has this incredible kind of Amy Winehouse sounding voice. And um, yeah, that was, that was, it was a seated gig. Mm. Um, but I remember just um, loving it, just seeing her on stage and the whole band and just, um, yeah, you just, you see it and you're like, oh, I can do that. Yeah, rad. What about you? Um, I was 14 and Lamb of God from the States were touring um, as part of the old Soundwave tour back before that went down. And they had a sideshow in Canberra of all places. And like for Lamb of God to come to Canberra, it was like, it's still like one of, the, one of the biggest metal bands to ever come through here. It was them with In Flames and the Black Dahlia murder. And I was like, yeah, I was 14 and I don't think I've ever been as hyped for anything ever. <laughs> That's, you've got, yeah. And that morning in PE, we had the beep test. And so I'm doing the back and forth and beep test. I was like pretty good at beep test. I wasn't, I wasn't exceptional, but it was like getting up into the bit where it's pretty quick, where you, like, you get to the other side and you turn around, keep going straight away. And I turned around on one of these laps and I threw my neck out, like just completely, t- like just twinged it. It was like, one of the worst ones I've ever done. I like, could not look to my right at all. I was just in so much pain. Oh. I like went to the sick bay and I was like having a panic attack. Like I'm not going to be able to see Lamb of God. <laughs> I was like, oh. but I went home and mum's like got me an ice pack and stuff. And she's like, you'll be fine. You can go see Lamb of God. Uh. And I went to see Lamb of God and I got like right to the front, like on the barrier. And I'm like watching them like so desperately wanting to headbang and stuff. But I was just like, ow. <laughs> Should have brought a neck brace. Yeah, there exists footage on YouTube of a wall of death from that show. So like at the during their last song, they had a big wall of death, and I was like, I want to be in it. My little fourteen year old self wanted to be in that so bad, and I like went into it. And in this footage, if you search Lamb of God UC refectory, definitely um, UC, yeah, yeah, nice. it was UC. And in this footage, um, as we'll hopefully see, it it'll either be called like Black Label or Wall of Death at the UC. Um. Those are scary. When you're really in a mosh, yeah. when you're like right in there, yeah. it's um, it's really fun. And then if you're like, I can't get out, yeah. it can get. Especially it can get. 
like little 14 year old me amongst all these like big units and I can't even move my head properly. Like <laughs> when, what we'll see now happened, like it doesn't look as extreme as it felt, but, um, mm. well, while the video is being found, I do remember at that show, this guy like ran up on stage and went to stage dive. Um, not the thy art clip though. I was at this show. Um, yeah, I was definitely at this show. This was a good show. Parkway played this one. Wow. Um, hit the search again. Uh, at this show, this guy like got up on stage and went to stage dive. Um, and like before he could stage dive, one of the security guards got angry and pushes him off the stage. And you just see him, he doesn't make it into the crowd and he hits his head like on oh, the corner yeah. of the barrier. And I just see him just hit the deck and I was like, this Was is, he a seat? No, it was just a guy oh, from the crowd. Yeah. Okay. guy from the crowd just got put down. It was oh, God. one of the gnarliest things I've ever seen. Yeah, this will be it. Um, so if we go like sort of, yeah, yeah, so it's like, not the biggest show ever or anything like that. It's just like a bunch of drunk dudes spreading it out as you as you get at shows like this. Skip like sort of thirty seconds thirty seconds in or so I'd say is where we'll start to see the um the business. Oh my gosh, and you would have been you would have been uh, so right here, notice this clump of people fall down. That was me. <laughs> oh, no. I was the clump. And as I started to fall, I was like, oh, damn, I die already. This is it. This, this, is, is, it. this is how it happens. This is the end. But then I, yeah, then I got held back up and I was like, all right, I am too little for this. And I extradited myself from there and just stood back and with a very stiff neck, enjoy the rest of the show. Wow. So that's my very first ever gig story. That's, that's crazy. Weeks later, I would go to my second ever gig, which was at Western Creek Community Center. This mm. is when I like entered the hardcore scene as mm. a young boy. Mm. And a bunch of good bands, old, old Canberra. Old Canberra blood, including uh, a band called Here's to Hoping, which, uh, <laughs> God, I hope he watches this. The singer of Kid Presentable, Elliot, that was his old band. He sang in that band as well. Yeah, right. They were playing, and um, during their set, Campbell, who's the drummer of Kid Presentable, him and I were moshing. It was like you know, 20 people at Western Creek Community Centre. It was hilarious. We're moshing, and Campbell, the top of his head just goes bang into mine and just busts my nose. I, oh. Campbell just breaks my nose, just clean open. And I was like, whoa, and I ran outside. I'm bleeding everywhere. And he comes in. He's like, you all right, man? I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm fine. He runs back in. Oh <laughs> I call mum and I'm like, mom, I got my nose broken. She's like, is it still straight? And I was like, uh, yeah. And she's like, all right, you're fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and so I hung up the phone. I was like, oh, I guess I'm fine. I guess I'm all <laughs> she's right. like, go to Coles, buy a bag of peas, put it on your nose. You'll be fine. Oh my god. So I bought a bag of frozen peas, put it on my nose. I went to a couple shows at community center yeah. at, uh, we're at a new center. Yes. Not yeah. like that. Yeah, they yeah. were not that hardcore. When Youthy was good. Yeah, yeah. I saw, um, I think I saw Please to Drive You there. Cool. Uh, I think so. And um, there was this other band. I don't know if these these guys are not going to watch this, but because um, they're not in the band. They broke up ages ago. But um, they were called West of the Sun. They're from like Deacon. Yeah, I remember that name. Yeah. Just, anyway, yeah, they yeah, had yeah. some great tracks. And I remember being yeah. in like high school and just. Loving it. Yeah, straight up. Oh. Those are the best days. I um Civic Youth Center used to go off. Mm. I remember someone got put into like put into one of the windows there. Oh jeez. Shows that that was pretty wild. Um That's actually I think like having um spaces like that uh for you know, kids kinda connecting with music and then also when you just an emerging artist, even if it's not a youth center, but just having venues that you can play at. Yeah, you totally. Know, um and you're not like fighting over anyone to get a gig. Like there's places that you can actually play is super important. Yeah, totally. Because, yeah. yeah. That abundance doesn't exist here anymore. Like, yeah, there's a bunch of venues that have closed. I think, um, like, like a lot to do with COVID. Yeah. Um, just not being able to survive. And yeah, it's sad. Yeah. 
maybe maybe I'm just not invited to youth center shows anymore because I'm no longer youth. But like, mm. you know, ten years ago, like youth center shows were everywhere. It was yeah. Like every weekend, you know, there'd be a different hardcore show or like a like a shoegaze show or an indie show or something like that. Yeah. But like now, there's none of them do it anymore. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I was like, maybe I just outgrew it. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's still happening. Yeah. But maybe the kids. Maybe we're just too old to yeah. be cool with kids. Like anymore. we're still going. Yeah, yeah, I'll still, I'll still come You're to the show. Shut up, Gramps. <laughs> Everyone's just DJing now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm not invited to those shows either. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay, too, boomer. I'm too, yeah, I'm too old and grey now. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, like, all, all those old youth centre shows, like, the because we were all way young, it's like the one guy with the tattoo sleeve there or something like that, or, like, you know... The, the cool girl with stretched ears or something like that. There's just like, because everyone's, everyone's underage at the youth center shows, you see the person with the tattoo sleeves with the stretched ears, you're like, oh, shit, they're so cool. <laughs> it's like every kid is like just trying to hang out with them or just like, you know, every kid's like got a cigarette for them. It's like, hey, do you want to smoke? Yeah. And just like these older people. <laughs> God, I don't miss adolescence. <laughs> no. I, I felt like I was paid my dues at um like, because growing up being that, you know, I would always you know, the older guy in the band, like, hey, man, great set. Can I buy you something? Like, can I get you a, you know, I couldn't mm. really buy him a beer unless it was, like, snark or... Can I buy yeah. you a yeah. creaming soda? Yeah, can I get you a creamy <laughs> soda? Or, like, can I go bum a cigarette off someone and give it to you? <laughs> <laughs> and then the last All Ages show we played was in, like, in my other band, Kid Presentable. The last All Ages show we played was back in, like, January. And it was a, um, a fundraiser show for Wires. And mm. it was All Ages. It was at the Front Cafe. And there's like a like a bunch of like underage kids there as well, which was sick. It was just like cool and seeing seeing a slightly different crowd to usual. Yeah, yeah. And afterwards, like some of the kids were like coming up to us and be like, "Man, that was a great set." And like you know, a couple of them like offering us cigarettes. It was like, "Yes, it came back around." <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. Yeah, finally, finally, now I get the cigarettes. <laughs> you paid back in full. The cigarettes are more expensive than they were ten years ago. Yeah, like, re- you're realistically, I'm making money. You are making money. <laughs> That was my first and second show. Yeah, nice. Yeah, both of them sustaining injuries. <laughs> I can't say I've got any like that. Um, I can, I, we, there's one show that we played um, that was just a wild, wild show up in Brisbane and just like just stuff wasn't working. It was just a complete, it was just a complete nightmare really. Yeah. Um, and it, I, it felt like, you know, in the opening scene of School of Rock mm. when Jack Black, like, he's like, they in that... Yeah, that and he's stage like, and he just and like, like stage, stage dives, dives and like yeah. everyone just like takes like ten yeah. steps back. That's what I felt like at that show. I was just like, <laughs> you're just on another. Yeah. You're just not connecting. You're not no. vibing with the audience. Yeah, no, it's a bad first date. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was obviously it was a fun show. It was a fun time. Um, but yeah, I guess like some of that. And sometimes when you get off stage, you're like feeling, yes, yeah, so that was a great show. And then sometimes you're just feeling you're overthinking like the smallest thing, mm. and nobody else noticed it. Yeah. Um. And you're just like, oh, God, that was, a, that was a disaster. And then everyone's like, oh, that was sick. Like, I thought that was good. And so it's just yeah. like sometimes I wig myself out. Sometimes I wig myself out when I'm playing and I'll be like, what chord is, uh, <laughs> like, what chord is next? What chord is next? hundred percent. I am. Uh, I'll get that if I stuff something else up. Like I'll start thinking about the thing that I stuffed up and then forget what's coming up. Like yeah. uh, at the Live in Your Lounge show in after we played, it was like the second last song was rolling and then we did Us Girls, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like during the rolling solo, like I did a big bend and like knocked one of my strings out of tune. I and remember that. Yeah. And we we're playing us girls, and then I like noticed that one of my strings was out of tune. I was like, and like from when I start playing in us girls, I got no breaks after that. Really, I was like, I can't tune. It was like, 
just avoiding my beast drink at mm. all costs. <laughs> just or just like going super. Yeah, yeah, just like just, just overcompensating. To, yeah, mm. or just just doing lots of vibrato to make everyone think it's intentional. <laughs> yeah. I remember. I can't remember what show it was. It was like a good. It was a decent show, and I just like had this moment where I wigged out, and we were playing "Love You Best" or something, and I just like. I just like forgot the chords to the chorus. I was yeah. like, I, I, I don't know what's happened to me. I, this song is the oldest song ever. Yeah. And I just was like, just, I don't know. It was just terrible. I don't know. You, sometimes <laughs> you just have those, those moments where you just, you just, yeah, you, you just, 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 just uh, all of it's muscle memory. And then yeah. it's like doing something that is normally muscle memory. And then suddenly putting your brain into it, your brain isn't ready for it. Mm. And then, you know, as soon as your brain is involved in what your hand's doing rather than just letting your hand work, mm. then you screw up. Yeah, yeah, you get distracted yeah. by something like a, yeah. you know. At, at the second live stream we played, um, after that lady kicked down the door and told us we were making too much noise. Yes. Um, that was pretty fun. Um, after that, I was just laughing about that for like three songs straight. Just like <laughs> yeah. it was so... F- and like I think three songs in a row, I like messed up a chorus because I was like, Damn, "What the hell are these notes?" I'm too busy, yeah. too busy just laughing about what had happened. That was so. So we played this um, live stream for Melbourne Uni, and um, our manager was really lovely and let us like play at his house. Yep. And um, it was in the middle of the day, so like, oh, this is fine. But mm-hmm. you know, there was someone who was working from home, and even though it was literally what it was like a 40, 50 minute set. Yeah, fifty something. minutes set, like you know, like two o'clock in the afternoon yeah. on like a Monday. Yeah, but we had, like, in the middle of a live stream, we, like, had all this gear set up. It was, like, live streaming on the Melbourne Uni page. Um, one of the neighbours came through and just, I think, because we had the door open because we were, like, loading gear in and stuff and, like, literally came into the room and was, like, what's going on? This is too loud. I'm trying to work. Like, yeah, and it, and then we were trying to be, like, okay, and we only had three songs left or something. Yeah, something like that. She's, like, threatening to call the cops yeah, and stuff. Like, yeah. if you don't cane it right now. And we're, like, we're at, yeah, and then we're, like, this is live right now. And then yeah. she's, like, I don't care. And we were, like, but <laughs> you're famous. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, oh, was, she was so angry. Yeah, I felt really, really bad. And then I remember, I remember in the live stream as well, like, we were about, the last song was Something More, which is, like, Yes. decibels above yeah, all the other so songs much bigger. and i was like oh god i feel bad we're about to play the loudest song of the entire yeah straight the up. entire set I, I remember putting all the gear in the car after we played that one and like there was a couple like neighbors doing their gardening was like looking at me real angrily and i was like sorry about it man sorry that you got to enjoy some free music on your monday yeah right like, what a hard life you live in a <laughs> three-story mansion up a hill i don't remember what suburb it was in i know those were some nice houses yeah they didn't have a lot to worry about 45, 45 minutes of some like pretty mild music does not yeah, seem like that. Yeah, we did some, we had some chatting in between. Yeah, doesn't seem the most world ending thing to just get some nice music in the middle oh, of the day. There's some. Not to big note ourselves too much, but there's some nice music. Yeah, <laughs> I'll listen to it. Yeah. This is a jam. I, I reckon there would have been a couple neighbors like, yeah, this is all right. Surely. Yeah, I hope so. You hope so. Yeah, I don't know. It was a pretty rich neighborhood, so who's to say? Yeah, right. Maybe if you'd had your violin with you, then everything would have, like... Yeah, I should have whipped out the violin. Yeah, that would have calmed him right down. Yeah, with my little dagger, it's, little notches on it and all. Yeah, yeah it's like um, Harry Potter in the first one, like the big three-headed dog, and they got to put it to sleep Fluffy. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just got to put it... You just got to put all, like, the really rich people in the big houses to sleep <laughs> with your violin. Do that. Maybe, like, whip out some opera I wonder singing. if Billy's watching this, and you'll be like, yeah, Billy's neighbor, just like Fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we like, he, he can show her. <laughs> let her let her know what I think. <laughs> Kick down the door. Um, <laughs> well, guys, I can't wait till we can see you not on a live stream and back in the in the in the shows in the mm. venues and 
But thank you for joining us today, and we'll, I think we'll wrap it up there. Thank Sounds you good, so Nick. much for, for, having, us, for having us. 